0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to 7 Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers. Uh, No, this isn't about spicy cooking. It's about finding strength and resilience to recover after a stroke or any life-altering event. I'm Christine, your host and a stroke survivor. I lost most of my sense of taste after my stroke, except for hot pickled peppers, hence the name. Our mission is to help others. Let you know you're not alone. You have the courage to get through whatever life is throwing at you. Join us and join the conversation.
1: Welcome to the podcast of 7 Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers. Season 2, Episode 7. A Look Inside. The information and advice provided by Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, Ken and Christine Jackson, the speakers and commentators on their podcasts, interviews, and references in the book, are not a substitute for the advice and treatment plan provided by your own healthcare professionals. Further, it's not intended to be an adjunct to any existing or proposed advice or treatment plan you may currently be receiving from your healthcare professional. One of the most important things we've come to realize is that each individual in their family's journey through a stroke or major life event and its recovery is truly unique. The story and information provided by ourselves and our guests is solely intended to let you and your family know that one, you're not alone. Other people and families have gone through what you're going through. Two. There are resources available that you may not be aware of that may help you and your family through the stroke recovery process. And three, there may be other treatment options available. Again, please consult your healthcare professional regarding your treatment plan and do not follow the treatment plans that are discussed in the information that is solely intended and directed for Christine and her continuing care. Thank you. You can join the conversation on YouTube and Facebook at 7 Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers for our video version of the podcast. You can check out our website at 7JarsOfHotPickledPeppers.com or you can download our podcasts on iTunes or Podbean. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at 7Jars. Now it's time for Quote of the Cast. We cannot teach people anything. We can only help them to discover it within themselves. Galileo.
0: When I was first diagnosed with my hemorrhagic stroke, I had many imaging tests done. It all started with a CT scan in the hospital of the small town where I live. Then it carried on to the big university hospital. For each test I had done, there was a whole team in place to help, showing me where to change my clothes, explaining the procedure, comforting me, making jokes to ease my tension, interpreting the results. So many people were involved, each one a gift of knowledge, expertise, and kindness to help me at my most vulnerable time. Medical imaging seeks to reveal internal structures hidden by the skin and bones, as well as to diagnose and treat disease or injury. I didn't even know half of what they could do before my stroke. Today, we have someone whose career is in imaging and is going to give us an inside look, no pun intended, of medical imaging.
1: Introducing today's guest. Christina Johnson grew up in Wataskwin. She has a three year old daughter. Christina got her degree at the U of A in physical education and then went on to Nate, where she got her CT and X ray technologist. Christina currently works at the Wataskwin Hospital and she mentors Nate students at the hospital for their practicum placements.
0: Welcome, Christina. We're so pleased you could join us today to share your expertise and knowledge in the field of imaging. I'm sure just about every one of our listeners had has had some sort of imaging test performed at some time over their life. <laughs> yeah. So to start things off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, my name's Christina. I've basically been born and raised in Matasquin <laughs> for. 30-ish years. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I still live in town and I work at the Wetaskiwin Hospital. My entire career I've been there. I have a little girl who's going to be three in December. Nice. So she keeps me busy.
0: No doubt.
2: And other than that, that's really nothing too interesting right now.
0: <laughs> oh, it all <laughs> sounds very interesting. So what made you choose a career in imaging?
2: Well, that was a long Windy road to get there. Oh. <laughs> I first did a four year degree in Augustana for phys ed. Uh, okay. Wanted to do the whole athletic therapy. Right. Until you realize that following around a hockey team for the rest of your life uh. s- isn't really sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to Nate when I was about 28, I think. Oh, okay. And decided to go into x ray.
0: Really? Just
2: something in the medical field right? that was fun and didn't take eight years of school to do.
0: Mm, no doubt.
2: And it was either that or nursing, and nursing wasn't really at the top of the list. Right. <laughs> so X-Ray why not?
0: Oh, fantastic. So how long after, I mean, you had a degree already, so how long then does it take to become uh, imaging tech?
2: When I went, it was a two- two-year program oh, okay so 22 months right it's now
0: extended to 26 months i think oh, okay and this is already yeah. having a degree so you have yeah. the prerequisites yeah. for... it's not
2: really a prerequisite oh anybody. you oh. can go in right after high school
0: oh okay yeah. i i get it i would I think it'd make it, it easier <laughs> <laughs> what would be your area of specialty in med- medical imaging like do you have to specialize in one area so, when
2: you graduate Nate, you come out with a little bit of everything. So, oh, you do learn okay. CT, you learn x ray, you do the fluoro, and what else can you do? There's the cardiac cath lab. Like, you're able to do any number of different things oh, that you want. Okay. Wetasquin doesn't have some of the specialties that the city does. Right. And OR is another one that you can do. Oh, okay. So you're able to do everything then you can go on and further do like i did the ct courses so you can get your uh, ct certificate as well okay some places require it some don't it's up to the manager i guess right who gets what but <laughs> there's always room for learning um every year we have to do 24 hours of education credits so you can pick whichever you want to do
0: uh just to keep up to, to date up, yep. i i I would imagine it's an ever changing field. Yep. Uh, so, what kind, of, like you mentioned, quite a few different imaging. Would you mind just going over again what type of ed- imaging someone could expect? Or what is available, I guess I should say?
2: After you. Graduate, uh, for people for to people. get
0: medical test imaging oh done? Gosh,
2: everything. As an x ray tech, you can do even mammals too. Okay and CT and then like the upper GI barium swallows we do as oh, well. Oh, okay. Uh, everything in the OR like hip replacements, knee replacements.
0: Like during the surgery you'd be involved yep. in
2: You take the really? pictures for the surgeons.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. This is so such You watch a huge... spinal
2: fusions. You can see it all.
0: There's <laughs> so much yep. within so imaging. You
2: can, Lots of them do a rotation through. Mm-hmm. Some specifically do like just MAMO or just the OR or just CT or... Okay. But for the most part, I think
0: everybody just kind of rotates through. Oh, okay. So what made you choose uh, X-ray and CT?
2: Well, I don't know. That's all the <laughs> task one has at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> we did have MAMO, but that's not there anymore. Oh, okay. And then CT was... Something that was presented to me, and so I jumped at
0: it. So, did you have to do so many hours of practicum to finish your or complement your education then? Or,
2: yep, the CT program you do three courses online, and then oh. you have a logbook of certain exams mm. that you have to do as well.
0: So, forever learning. Yep, pretty <laughs> much. So, um There would be, you said you had to take more courses to become CT certified. So once you have that one layer of education, you just keep going from there to expand your knowledge. So would ultrasound be part of imaging? It's part of diagnostic imaging, but it's a separate course altogether.
2: I don't know too many that would do both.
0: Right, so okay.
2: They're two separate colleges, and you'd have to pay two separate fees. Mm, and yeah. I guess there could be somebody that would do it, but it would be a whole other two-year course probably. Oh, um, I guess yeah. so.
0: I guess so. So I've also heard um, people who work in imaging referred to as technician, technologist, assistant, radiologist. Are you familiar with these different terms?
2: Uh, yep. Yeah. I'd say the technician and the technologist are probably the same. Okay, so that'd be me. Okay, uh, there are some places that have assistants, I believe, and I'm not sure what they do. Before they would do like the filing of the films.
0: Oh, and right. ordering
2: patients and just general stocking and stuff. Oh, I would think. Okay. And then the radiologist is the actual medical doctor who reads x-rays and oh, CTs and ultrasounds I that see makes the final report
0: okay mm-hmm. so are most jobs in imaging in hospitals hospitals and clinics yeah okay
2: there are several like MIC and Insight are the two right. of the most popular ones around here
0: right I've seen those in Edmonton yep. for sure yep. so what does a typical day look like for you
2: Uh, No two days are the same I can tell you that (laughs) Uh, Basically you just show up And whatever comes through the door
0: I guess (laughs) That's what you
2: get So we do have some booked patients okay, And then the rest are emergency
0: Uh, So how many X-rays or scans would you Complete in a typical day?
2: In a typical day CT can be anywhere from 12 to 20
0: Wow, and that's in an 8-hour shift or 12-hour? Yep. 8-hour shifts. Wow, that's a lot.
2: And x-ray, we usually average probably about 80 for the day shift.
0: For one shift.
2: Yep. Wow, that's incredible. It's busy. <laughs> that is. I think we're probably one of the busiest
0: imaging hospitals in the central area. Wow, because Wetaski not that big of a city.
2: (laughs) Nope, but we service a big area.
0: That's true. There's a lot of rural area that accesses it. Oh, for sure. So Mm -hmm. um, you perform the test and then a radiologist would interpret them? Correct. Um, Do you provide any comments for the radiologist if you notice, like you'd be the first line for noticing any abnormalities?
2: Oh, for sure. We write down A number of things that we see, just to point him in the right direction. Right. Uh, We also take a thorough history of most of the patients, Mm. especially in CT, like a smoking history, surgical history, okay, stuff like that. So he has something to go by. And yeah, we don't do it for him, but (laughs) right, right, of course, (laughs) definitely. If there's something we
0: notice, we'll bring it to his attention. Right, and then the radiologist would get it, and then d- does the patient's family doctor get that as well? Yep. Okay.
2: So they have access to both the report and the images as well. Okay. And sometimes the ER doctors are the first to see them mm-hmm. before the radiologist reports oh, them, okay. so they can.
0: Yeah, if they've come through yeah, emergency, they I could guess. Diagnosis as well. From my own experience with stroke here in the Watasquin Hospital, I had a CT scan to first determine I had one. So, because you do CT and X-ray, can you tell us some of the steps in imaging for a stroke?
2: I sure can. Basically, uh, Wetasquin isn't considered a stroke center. Okay. But we are able to do a plain head CT to determine whether the patient has bleeding on their brain or not. Okay. And if they do, then they... Won't get the TPA drug. Right. <laughs> and they'll be monitored and probably sent out to the city anyway. If they don't have it, they are able to receive the TPA drug, which we do not carry in Wataskwin. Oh, interesting. But they have now launched a project within Alberta for a mobile CT scanner. Right. Which can meet the ambulance on the side of the highway and administer the drug really? and monitor as they go. So, uh, so w- we're very limited in what we can do in town for stroke. Right. If they're within the window, most of the time the ambulance will just bypass the town and go right to mm. the mobile on the highway or right, right to the city. If they're within the two to three hour time right. frame still. If we're over the two to three hour, then we just monitor with a head CT and okay. then a follow up within 48 hours. Okay. So that's basically all we do in town for the it's true. Okay. Oh, <laughs> but there are many other things that they can do in the city, mm-hmm. like the head angios and
0: yeah, uh, I Further had a, testing. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had that done when I was in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like with in each medical imaging area, there's a multitude of different tests that can be d- performed depending on the needs of the patient. So within your specialty of CT and S x-ray can you tell us about some of the tests you do
2: yep we do a wide variety of testing um an x-ray it's basically to look for fractures and free fluid in like okay. your lungs or your abdomen so you can tell if you have a bowel obstruction oh. or pneumonia or pleural effusion in your lung mm. broken bones right you can see those <laughs> right away CT gets a little more complex. I guess. And we have a variety of
0: exams that we do with contrast and without contrast. Would you mind explaining what it's meant by with contrast?
2: So with contrast, we give you an x-ray dye, which is an iodinated dye that lets us see your blood vessels and the blood supply Mm. to all your major organs. Okay. So we can see if there's a clot or an aneurysm, Mm. narrowing of veins and arteries uh, it's good for diagnosing things like Crohn's and oh. diverticulitis. Okay. And again, if you have, if the patient's suspected of having a brain bleed, mm-hmm. you won't get the x-ray contrast.
0: And now I did get that when I went to Edmund. If they know, if oh, okay. they can follow it, yeah. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> before you can, before we do a plain one first. Okay. And then, yes. Yes. They can follow up with the. Okay. So is it
0: contraindicated? <laughs> is that why? Okay Just to say
2: they know what they're dealing with
0: right for <laughs> sure yeah oh there's so there's so but many there's, things Yeah,
2: several you can go on and on and on.
0: <laughs> I guess uh, so many different things to see what's going mm-hmm. on inside us.
2: And often we all work together too with ultrasound is in our department as well. Oh, okay so if we find something in CT that can be better seen by ultrasound the patient mm. will go over for that and vice oh. versa they find something on ultrasound that needs a ct they come over and we'll accommodate that as well Ah, oh, that's great so everything works together well and usually. it's fantastic <laughs>
0: that you're able to offer yeah. that to people so they get the best mm-hmm. care possible
2: the only thing we're lacking is an mri machine
0: mm. i'm but sure they're very day, expensive maybe. yep well fingers <laughs> crossed that we do get it here and it's easier so have you ever been in a position where you give the patient any results of the imaging tests performed? No. Oh, okay.
2: Not really. No. If the radiologist says we can you have minor oh, like, okay. no, you don't have a pulmonary embolus or yes you have a fractured ankle. Oh, okay. Sometimes we're allowed to say very minor things, but otherwise.
0: Right. No. That must be very difficult for you.
2: It is sometimes. Yeah, yeah. cuz
0: you would you'd be the first first person to see if there was something wrong. Yeah. And not being able to comment on it, that must be very difficult. Yep. Yeah. I guess um is that something that sometimes you take home or how do you manage that? Uh,
2: not really. I don't know. No. I seem to be able to leave that work at work and oh, good for so you. far anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, good for you. But, so, what sort of interaction do you usually have with patients who come in?
2: Uh, everything in CT, we get a lot of time to go through the questionnaires mm. and find out their history, right? Which leads to small talk here and there. Um, plus, we have to start our own IVs, so you get to really know your patients.
0: <laughs> oh, so you're responsible for yep. starting IVs? Yep. Ah, so that can be challenging. So you have quite sometimes. a bit of interaction
2: <laughs> with them, and they trust you, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, you for have to sure. put on a brave face some days, but it's yeah. part of the job. Well, there's a huge <laughs> amount of trust yep.
0: between you and the patient, isn't mm-hmm. there? So you have a limited time to develop that rapport. yeah I guess so. Not only a imaging tech, you become almost like a friend, a yeah. trust trusted person to them. <laughs> I suppose so, yep. Uh, so I know when I had my first CT scan, the tech was so kind and caring, and we developed a very good rapport very quickly, but it was funny. She was so kind that it actually did make me suspicious, like, hmm, <laughs> I'm going to be getting bad news soon. I'll try. <laughs> But it didn't take away from her kindness, that's, well, that's for good.
2: sure. It's excellent to hear.
0: So um, you talked about, the process for um, stroke care in Wetasquin, have you been involved in performing imaging on someone with a stroke? Yep. Uh,
2: I think it's almost on the daily that we do uh, question CVA stroke.
0: Really? So we
2: have quite the older population
0: and it's not uncommon for them to have mini strokes. So do you have a set process you follow then? Because we're not a stroke center here in Watasklin? Yeah, so
2: basically we just do the plain head CT, Mm. and then if they're still suspicious, follow up again in 24 to
0: 48 hours. okay. Very interesting. So
2: we don't do a whole bunch for the stroke in town here. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless they catch it early and then they can send them out to the city.
0: Right, right, of course.
2: So we're just basically a monitoring center.
0: (laughs) Uh, um, Well, further to that, I guess um, you had talked about in the diagnostic area that sometimes you could send someone over for an ultrasound if you suspect other things going on. So is it fairly common for a patient to have different imaging tests performed to determine what's wrong? Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, most often they start with x-ray. Okay. Just to make sure there's nothing abnormal showing on there. And then it can go either way, ultrasound or CT, depending on what they're looking for. Again, there's several ultrasound exams mm. that I don't really know a whole bunch about. But I know in CT we often do follow-up hernias, oh, and stuff okay. that is difficult for them to see. All the time, and then just the other day we had one for CT that they needed to follow up for an ovarian cyst, oh, which they could okay. see better on ultrasounds. So
0: right, they mix and match all the time. Ah, wow. well, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for the best patient outcome, isn't it? Yeah, for so sure. What appeals to you about your career? Well,
2: I quite enjoy it. I. I'm very happy that it's an eight-hour shift, not the 12 hours oh. like nurses do. 12, 14, 16 hours. Oh, yes. Um, We get a, large, a wide variety. So we do do days and evenings and weekends and nights.
0: Oh, so it's not just a Monday to Friday
2: <laughs> job. Is there call-in
0: then as well?
2: We used to do call-in town. We'd work four till midnight and then be on call till seven in the morning. Oh, wow. But it got too busy. Oh, really? And so they took away our call and gave us a permanent
0: night shift now. Really? So there's someone in the department 24-7. So you work rotating shifts yep. then. Oh, that's challenging.
2: It is. But it has its bonuses too. You get days off during the week to do things mm-hmm. when other people are at work. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But that's... then you work evenings and weekends too. So, And those ones you're by yourself. So oh. evening shifts... And weekend shifts, you work by yourself.
0: And it's still quite busy. Yeah. You're on your own.
2: Oh. Again, you can do anywhere from 15 to
0: 30 or 40 a night. Really? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is something. So would you say night shift is the chall- challenging part of your career? Or what are the challenging parts?
2: Mm, I definitely personally don't like the night shift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you come home to a 2-year-old, oh, I guess. And finding childcare, but there are some downsides. We are currently in the process of fixing some equipment mm. that is in desperate need of replacement. Right. In the x-ray department, we just got a brand new CT scanner though, oh, really? 2 years ago.
0: How exciting. The
2: foundation raised a million dollars for that? Really? Wow. So that was fantastic.
0: That's great, and
2: now we slowly need to replace the rest of it, <laughs> mm. but yeah. I don't really think that there's too many downsides other than the busyness and the clientele once in a while. but mm. I guess uh, <laughs> doing the night shift, there could be quite a variety mm-hmm. of people coming in, and some with the security guards, yep, oh, that's so but I myself don't seem to have a problem with that, and then I don't know if it's because I grew up here. Right. And know how to deal with some of them. Right. And that I'm not small and tiny and petite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think makes a difference. But, well, yeah. Well, from what I've seen, you have a very bubbly <laughs> and compassionate <laughs> personality. So probably try, that yeah. helps put patients at ease. So what would you say is the most fulfilling part of your career then? If you don't mind me asking.
2: <laughs> uh, just patient care and trying to make it... A better place for them to be nobody's there for the fun of it mm-hmm. right yeah they're there for a specific reason and yeah i don't know trying to work with the other departments and yeah. get things on the same page right which is a struggle some days but uh whenever you're dealing everyone's with... short-staffed yeah. and overworked and not enough money for equipment
0: and da 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 oh. da da da, da. Uh, The challenges, Mm -hmm. that's for sure. So in spite of that, where do you think medical imaging is heading in the future?
2: Well, I think the sky's the limit, basically. Really? It just seems to be getting more and more advanced every year. Mm -hmm. Um, I do work with Nate with the students coming out. So we have a student program as well. Really? So each year we get a student from the x-ray program. So I'm go to Nate twice a year for okay. their meetings. Keep in touch of what they're teaching the new students. Ah. They have a fantastic new simulation center. Really? At Nate, and it's for all the imaging students for ultrasound and paramedics and respiratory. Really? They have live mannequins, they have wow. operating rooms set up with mannequins that can be controlled. Wow. They have a Actually, they have a mannequin that can give birth. You're kidding. (laughs) No. Oh, my goodness. It's fantastic what they have there. So
0: you never Mm -hmm. know what they can come up with, right? And I guess through your contact with them, you're keeping apprised of Mm -hmm. all the new technology. I sure
2: wish they had that when I was there. (laughs) And I think they keep it so that when the students graduate, they're more prepared Mm -hmm. for what's to come. I don't think anything really prepares you for the real thing,
0: but it's helpful. come as close as mm-hmm. possible.
2: But the scanners are getting faster and more detailed, and they've uh, completely eliminated film and going really. right to digital imaging now. So,
0: And uh, being in x-rays, there's still the same amount of radiation? Because isn't that a concern with x-ray, radiation exposure? Yep. Um, it's getting better. Oh, okay.
2: X-ray is still the least amount of x radiation CTs the most oh okay so you don't want to do too many of those in a year Mm -hmm. if you don't have to but it's really not a whole lot right for once in a while yeah and we stand behind a lead shield Oh, that's (laughs) well unless we have have to hold a patient yeah yeah so it'd be different if you were in there every single day
0: but Mm -hmm. yeah that's for sure
2: well, you thank a... you
0: so much for that. So I guess lastly, from your viewpoint of having performed hundreds of imaging tests, sometimes in the matter of two shifts, uh-huh. <laughs> any words or advice for people awaiting tests or unsure of what's next after they've had a test completed?
2: I would definitely say patients should take more of an interest in what's happening. Okay. Okay every single day they show up without having a clue as to why they're there really so ask your doctor Mm.
0: why okay if
2: it's necessary and just do a little bit of research to make sure that that's what you need
0: so they can be their own advocate is that what? for
2: sure and then definitely follow up for results okay people just think that they'll get a phone call telling them Uh, if something's wrong and that's not always the case right Oh, okay things can get lost in the shuffle right so just be sure to follow up with your results and you know be your own advocate
0: oh that's great nobody else will do it for you you're right about that (laughs) and we've heard that before from other guests so thank you for reaffirming that Welcome. well thank you so much for your time and expertise and in the pun, giving us an inside <laughs> look into the vast subject of imaging. It's amazing from what you've shared, how far imaging has come, even in the training and the technology, yep. and exciting to think about where it might go. So, yes, we appreciate your time. So remember, next time you need to have medical imaging done, all the work and knowledge and expertise needed for each test and by every tech. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Did you know that you can follow us on Twitter, at 7Jars? We post daily with all the latest stroke research, innovation, and inspiration. Follow us. Now it's time for the joke of the week.
0: Hey Ken, do you know why you should never lie to an imaging tech?
1: Hmm, no, why?
0: (laughs) they can see right through you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for our segment on survivor stories. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your own stroke or survival story, or your experience as a caregiver, you can submit your story through our website at seven jars of hot pickled peppers or personal message us on Facebook. We look forward to reading your story. Our survivor story this episode comes from Danielle and is read by Christine.
0: Life is so weird. I survived being electrocuted as a kid. I put a metal pin in an outlet. I remember the pain in my hand being burnt. But today, no one would ever know unless I told them. Now, 38 years old, recovering from my hemorrhagic stroke, January 2017. I had passed out at home. Apparently, I got up to use the bathroom, but my boyfriend of four years said I was sweating like crazy. He thought I took a shower. I told him something was wrong. Call 911, then passed out on the bed. My boyfriend said the paramedics came. Then he had the police sent to my dad's house because my dad wouldn't answer the phone. My boyfriend was scared and didn't know if I would make it. He didn't know what was wrong with me. He knew I never used drug, wasn't even a smoker. I was maybe a 15-minute drive from the hospital. I was air flown from my apartment to the hospital down the street. Apparently, an MRI was done in ER. Doctors found two and a half brain aneurysms in the back of my head. One was going to rupture. Doctors had to release the pressure in ER. It would have killed me. My hair was long and curly, but it had to be cut and shaved for the brain surgery. The team of doctors say if I wasn't young, I never would have made it. I was in ICU. My family and pastors were called. Doctors said it was a waiting game. I say God was in my room, in surgery, and touched the doctors and nurses. God woke me from a coma, like, one week later. I saw my birthday in 2017 in rehab. My dad brought presents. My sister in the Air Force mailed me. I have four younger sisters. They're a bit pushy and mouthy. Jersey girls to the fullest. I had rehab and numerous swallow tests done. I'm just thankful to be here today. I went home from rehab in November 2017. My boyfriend of four years, who was about 40 years old, broke up with me in rehab one month before I went home. All the emotions I was going through, and now this. On top of having a stroke, now a breakup that was unforeseen. We didn't have any problems. I'm really fighting for my life now. My life before stroke, I was single, no kids, independent, had my own car, apartment, two jobs, partied traveled whenever I wanted, and moved to Texas in 2012. To now, none of that independence and the effects of a stroke and a breakup. The stroke left me with an abdominal scar from the feeding tube, a trach scar, depression creeping in, finding a new life. My friends are becoming scarce, fatigue, balance issues, vision issues. Will I ever find love again? What is next for me? My faith is definitely stronger, but what does my future look like? I don't know.
1: Thank you for sharing your survivor story, Danielle. Everyone's journey is so unique, as are the challenges of their own personal roller coaster ride. Now, for today's Stroke Link.
0: When I was first in the hospital for my stroke, I had no idea what to expect and what all these different tests might mean.
1: I know. It was a scary time.
0: But you know, the staff
1: were kind and they tried their best to explain what was going on.
0: Oh, that's for sure. I know information is power. And I wanted to know more about medical imaging and stroke. So I found a website that is very informative.
1: Yeah, you shared that one with me too. So I looked at it. It is an incredible resource. Uh, It can help people understand what tests they uh, had completed or, or what to expect from a particular test.
0: It starts right at the beginning with describing stroke and then continues explaining the tests that may be completed and why.
1: And, and, you know, one of the things I like best about it is it's written in plain, understandable language. And, and there are many links to click on for more information about different medical imaging tests used for stroke.
0: Yeah, it's a great resource. Type radiologyinfo.org into Google. Then type stroke into the search box. Click on the first choice, stroke. It brings you to the page with all the relevant medical imaging information. We recommend this site. And don't forget FAST. It's an easy and it's the best way to help you remember the signs, symptoms, and what to do if you or a loved one may be having a stroke. FAST. Face, arm, speech, time. A stroke can bring on unusual symptoms like numbness, tingling, drooping, or paralysis on one side of your face or one arm and can affect your speech, slurring, or jumbled. T for time. Don't delay. Get medical help immediately. If you suspect a stroke, you can call 911 in Canada for emergencies. Or if you have questions, call HealthLink in Canada at 1 866 408 5465 to talk to a healthcare professional.
1: Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, or if you have any questions, comments, jokes, or ideas for future topics, contact us at our website, 7jarsofhotpickledpeppers.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to hear more about Christine's journey, please check out the website. Her book is available for purchase. Special thanks to Kevin Jackson for his trombone work and for making our videos on YouTube every episode.
0: Thank you for joining us today know life can be tough, unfair, but you're stronger than you think and you're not alone. Goodbye and good health.